Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Jeff Deering. And Jeff's been a real estate investor for over 20 years and is the owner broker of Return Real Estate since 2007. He started his journey back in real estate as an investor in 2002 when he bought his first duplex. And since then, he's expanded his buy and hold portfolio to include out-of-state investments, fix and flips, commercial construction and acquisitions, as well as helping out buyers and sellers of investment properties. And his current focus right now is storage unit acquisitions and construction, as well as commercial development. So Jeff, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me on. I look forward to speaking with you today. So Jeff, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? Yeah. You know, growing up, my father dabbled in real estate here and there. He had a few rentals and did some flips. It always interested me. He never got into it full time, but he always lamented that that was something that he wanted to do full time and enjoyed the freedom and the different opportunities that it provided. So growing up, I got that into my system a little bit. And then when I first went to college, I got a job with a gentleman who was in a cleaning company and he hired people to do sales. And I was like his top sales rep that he had ever had. And one of the incentives he provided was to have people read different books. And one of the books, well, several of the books were very helpful, including Rich Dad, Poor Dad and How to Win Friends and Influence People. But I think it was the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book that really set me on the path I'm on today, combined with growing up with the seeing my father. So just not wanting to be in the rat race, always wanting to be financially free and set my own terms of life have kind of driven me to get to where I am today. So Jeff, after you read that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, and then you said it helped or kind of changed what you thought about a little bit and it stuck with you a little bit more, what did you do to get started with real estate? Well, when I first was going to college, one of the primary things I was doing at the time was looking for someone to spend my life with, get married, have a family, that kind of thing. That's always been a goal of mine as well. So when I met my wife in 2002 and we were married, the first step we took was to purchase a duplex right off the get-go. And we were able to rent the basement for more than half of our payment. So we were living basically in a nice little duplex for less than what would have paid rent. And the benefits of that, having some cash flow and then an up-and-coming cleaning business, we were living pretty comfortably for a couple newlyweds. And I was only working like five to 10 hours a week. So I had a lot of time to explore the real estate market. So I actually went and got my license And then I started working with some different like-minded brokers to start acquiring properties under short sale because this was around 2002, 2003 when the short sale market was just getting rolling. So I bought some properties out of state. I ended up buying several houses in the Kansas City, Missouri market. And yeah, I was doing pretty well and got to the point where I was a little bored. I actually went and got a job for Singular Wireless for a while. Just did that part-time for fun. So... Yeah, being semi-retired at the age of 24 was a little bit boring. So I just kept going. So when you bought some property out of state, were those all single family homes? We had single family homes and a duplex. And then when the 2008 crash hit, 
we went through some tough times and ended up having to sell most of those properties, but just kept plugging away through the hardship and were able to continue to purchase properties at a discount now that the market had crashed. And I could tell story after story for a long time about the different things that have happened. I've had properties struck by lightning and burned to the ground. I've had people unfortunately pass away in properties. I found rattlesnakes in a property once. There's a bunch of different crazy things that happen in the real estate market. But I think the true guide to success is just staying the course when it gets hard. So we've dabbled in flipping. We've dabbled in the short-term rental market a little bit. We also, obviously, early on with those residential rentals had a pretty good portfolio. But it's all boiled down to where we're at now, where we're focusing primarily on self-storage facilities, both acquiring them locally and out of state to value-add properties. And that's been mismanaged. And we're actually developing as well. We did our first development in 2016. And I've got another currently in the process. We're actually hoping to close here pretty soon to get started on that one. And I'm constantly looking for more opportunities. So we've just found the commercial space to be more to our liking and allows us to scale a little bit easier. Just be on that. Going back to the rich dad reference, being on that right side of the quadrant, the business owner and the investor. Storage is kind of a combination of both. You know, you've got a little bit of a business into it, plus the real estate side. So it's almost like being in both quadrants at the same time. I really enjoy that space. So I do want to get into self-storage of what you're doing now. But I did want to ask one question about before you got into self-storage, when you were talking about some of the challenges you faced with different properties, one of them got struck by lightning in the 2008 recession and the Mm -hmm. market crash at that time. During those different challenges that you had to face on your property, how did you work your way around it? And what were some of the outcomes that had come out of it? And did it not deter you from continuing on within real estate? Well, yeah. I mean, anything like that can be very discouraging. And so when the crash happened in around 08, 09, we had eight units in the Kansas City, Missouri area. We're getting vandalized constantly. People were breaking in and stealing the copper and the wiring, and they were stealing our AC condenser units and our furnaces. They weren't renting. So it was just a difficult time to try to get anything done. So we ended up having to short sell all of those properties to a local investor who took them on and was able to do something with them. But yeah, it was fairly discouraging to lose money. In fact, it was one of the ones that was struck by lightning in a way helped us because we were able to use that insurance money to kind of prop up that portfolio in order to get it sold and get us through that hard time. But it was almost like starting from zero. I mean, we lost the majority of our portfolio in that downturn and saw a lot of people get out of the business. One of my partners at the time completely pivoted and became an engineer. And that's what he does now. Never did real estate again. And I've talked to him a few times about it. He just has no interest. And that's fine. I mean, it's not for everybody. But if I hadn't have decided, you know what, there's got to be another way to make this work. And then started looking at the fix and flip market was really good at that time. And then buying and starting in more into the commercial realm really helped me reposition myself in order to have a clear path to victory, so to speak. And that's when I started looking at all the opportunities within the commercial realm. You've got so many things, apartments, you've got short-term rentals on a larger scale. You've got, well, I'm sure you can think of it, industrial, retail. I mean, there's just so many I could go on for days. But really, it was just figuring out what of those various opportunities I wanted to focus on. I actually tried some apartments. I bought an apartment complex and rehabbed it over a couple of years and sold it for a nice profit. But I didn't really enjoy that process dealing with tenants and that kind of thing. Wasn't really something I, it was just 
perpetually more and more because you get more units. And we had property management and stuff in place, but it boils down that they report to you and you still have to make decisions. So at the end of the day, when I discovered the storage side of things, it really made it uh, streamlined. I mean, it just made it really easy for me. I don't have to deal with toilets, don't have to deal with fixing things up nearly as much. So it just kind of checked all the boxes for what I was looking for from an investment. How did you get into your first self-storage deal? Well, that was around, I mean, I mentioned, so from 08 to 2014, we lost those properties. I was doing a lot of short sales. I was doing a lot of fix and flips. I was buying some property to hold. Like I bought several duplexes. Around that time in 09, Rich Dad Real Estate contacted me about being a coach because I was running a local Rich Dad cash flow board game night every week or every other week. So they put out a feeler to see if I'd be interested. So in 09, I actually started coaching for Robert Kiyosaki. So from 09 to about 2015, that's what I did part-time. It wasn't for the money, trust me on that one. It was more to help people. And I got a lot out of it too. So even to this day, I get people calling me or contacting me that were my students at that time saying, hey, thanks for helping me out. So the blessings from them. Anyway, during that transition period and looking at it, I mentioned I did the first apartment. Didn't really enjoy that. After that, I had some cash to 1031 into something and parcel of ground came up near me where I live. And we purchased that, me and a partner. And we looked at a bunch of different opportunities that could be put on it. So we looked at living facilities. We looked at senior living facilities. We looked at flex space for like industrial warehouses. We looked at several different options. And one of the things that had always kind of interested me was storage. So I penciled out the storage pro forma and it was by far and above the best for that parcel than any of the others for the cost versus the returns. So that put us on that first path. And then since then, the experience in that property over the last eight years or so has really helped me to where I have ownership in five facilities now and looking for more constantly. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So when you were coaching back in 2009 and you were working with all the different students, what was the biggest thing that you saw or you observed holding people back from moving forward or doing well in real estate? Well, I think the biggest thing that holds people back is just fear, fear of getting started and doing something. They often use the term analysis paralysis. I'm sure you've heard that before. And kind of to take a step back, in 2010, I started a local RIA called the Utah Real Estate Investment Association. Oh, sorry, 2013, not 2010. And we ran that for 10 years, recently just sold it and moved on doing development full-time. Anyway, the reason I share that is because even within that time frame with coaching and running that RIA, by far and above everything, just the fear. People would come to meetings constantly. Or they'd come to our appointments as a coach and they'd go through the motions of the different lessons and things we were teaching, but they really would never put in the work to apply the things they were learning. 
I mean, unfortunately, I think our success rate as, as coaches was less than 30% just because people wouldn't take that first step and get involved in their first deal. I mean, even if it was partnerships or whatever, I've always been a strong proponent of partnerships. I've had good and I've had bad, but over the long term, the good have outweighed the bad by far. And it's helped me to get uh, where I am today. I mean, if I didn't structure partnerships and be willing to work with other people, I'd never be able to get ahead. I mean, you really need to focus and learn from other people in order to really make it in this industry. I mean, trying to go it alone and creating a team and working with other people will just set you back way too far. And I've learned that a couple of times the hard way. But yeah, so to kind of circle back to your question, by far the biggest thing is the fear and just not getting started. What would be one of the first things you would need in order to get started if you were looking to get started with real estate? Really just the desire. I mean, there's so many opportunities out there. I'm a big proponent of RIAs. I mentioned I started one. I think if you're looking for a way to get your foot in the door or get your foot wet, so to speak, that's a great way to start. And they're low cost entry, a few hundred dollars of membership, gets you several meetings a month where you rub elbows with everywhere from beginners to seasoned investors and the different subjects they present every week or every month really can propel you into your own path to success. And our generation in our time frame right now, we have education or fingertips on YouTube and on TikTok and on Facebook with all these reels. I mean, I see so many reels that are people just giving little sound bites of information on real estate. I mean, there's a guy here locally that I forget his name, but he talks all about short-term rentals and how with $10,000, he's able to retire by buying one short-term rental. I don't know how accurate that is because I've done it in that particular life, but I'm just saying there's a lot of opportunities out there. If you're just willing to sit down at a computer or get out of your comfort zone and go to a meeting, there's a ton of them out there. So for you, your focus is now on self-storage. And you mentioned that you did a development for self-storage as well. So are you looking to focus more on developing or continue to purchase like value add properties? And where do you see the market kind of going? Well, the way the interest rates are right now, it's a little difficult to bust into the market. I mean, we just closed a loan today on a development that we're doing and the rate is in eights. You know, it's pretty high comparative to the threes and fours we have been seeing, but the numbers still work. So, I mean, if the numbers are still working, by all means, do the deal, move forward. But For me, my focus is kind of a little bit of both. I've always got feelers out there for people to bring me deals that are value add, you know, poorly managed, have upside. If you can turn it around, maybe older properties or or even newer properties that the people that have been in charge just don't know what they're doing. And I can either come in as a consultant and help them get it back up and running and take part of the deal as my fee or purchase it from them and build my own team and do it. Or I'm always looking at ground in different up and coming areas for storage as well. So I'd say, I don't know if I'd assign an exact percentage, but probably about 50-50 for both. And where is your next focus? My next focus right now is I've been working on a couple of deals for a couple of years, just getting them to the finish line. I mentioned before we started the interview that I, I'm actually at a title company right now. We just closed on loan for 30,000 square feet of retail that we're building in the area. And I've done a lot of retail leasing, so I'm not completely new, but it's been a huge learning curve for me. And It'll be the, by far the biggest deal I've done to date. And it's nerve wracking, but also exciting. It still goes back to when I get started and taking steps into areas out of my comfort zone is how you get ahead. I mean, it can be challenging, but honestly, anytime I feel like I've plateaued into something, 
that's the time to start looking for new opportunities to try to grow and learn and maybe even a new area. But I'm not taking a large parade into retail. This is just kind of deal spawned from another business that I own that we're focusing on this particular development. But I mentioned that we're doing another storage facility development and always looking for land for that and just keeping my eyes open and my ears available to hear anything that comes down the pipeline. So Jeff, how has real estate investing impacted your life? Oh, it's given me freedom that I wouldn't have had otherwise. I mean, I'm not the type of person that deals well with a nine to five. I've learned that a couple of times as well. As they like to say, the school of hard knocks is probably the best school out there, but it's also the one that deals the most damage along the way. But for me, it's just been the ability to set my own schedule, to go on trips when I want to go on trips. I mean, and working with the people I want to work with. You know, I've been able to work with family a lot more than I would have otherwise. And I know some people say never work with family, but in my case, it's actually been a blessing being able to choose the people I work with and fire those that I don't want to work with. Like I mentioned that I've had bad partnerships and being able to really get out of those to pursue other things that I'm more passionate about or have more control over. That's all been due to real estate. And what is the one thing you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Again, just pick something and roll with it. I mean, I spent a lot of time hemming and hawing over the different areas of real estate until I finally found storage and really put the pedal to the metal and focused on it. It exploded for me in a matter of years. I was able to gain more net worth than I had the previous decade. So uh, focus primarily is the one thing I would say would be the for new people is once you find something that looks interesting, give it enough time to grow to fruition before you jump into something else. I see people that get into something in real estate and then jump to the next shiny coin that comes around the corner with some guru saying this is the next best thing instead of staying put in their lane and really becoming an expert. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? Again, it's mindset. I'm sure you've heard that tons. It's your mindset. I admittedly suffer from clinical depression. So some days it's hard for me to even get out of bed. To be honest, I, I take medication every day for it, but it's hard sometimes. And the one thing that I learned through those downtimes is just to plow through. I mean, if you need to take a few days off or even months off to focus on yourself to get through a hard time, do it. But at the end of the day, make sure you have it on the docket to go back to what you're doing. So you work on yourself first, but then work on your long-term success as well. It's all an inner attitude. Thank you so much for sharing, Jeff. Absolutely. And where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? So I'm on Facebook, just under my name, Jeff, G-E-O-F-F-W, Daring. I have entrepreneur pages there that we post on. I'm also on Instagram and our website, returnrealestate.com. There you can fill out a contact form and get put on my list for when I'm looking for partners on deals. So those are the best ways to reach me. Awesome. Jeff, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all of that today with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavis Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. 
Sale and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.